Welcome to the Liturgist Podcast. You are now listening to Black History is American History. I'm William Matthews. Hey, I'm Propaganda. I'm Nikki Black. And I'm Andre Henry. Today's moment in Black history, Dr. Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King Jr. was an American Christian minister and activist. He became the most visible spokesperson and leader in the civil rights movement from 1955 until his assassination in 1968. Born in Atlanta, Georgia, King is best known for advancing civil rights through nonviolence and civil disobedience, inspired by his Christian beliefs and the nonviolent activism of Mahatma Gandhi. King led the 1955 Montgomery bus boycott and in 1957 became the first president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, or SCLC. With the SCLC, he led an unsuccessful 1962 struggle against segregation in Albany, Georgia. He also helped organize the nonviolent 1963 protests in Birmingham, Alabama. He helped organize the 1963 March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, where he delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech. On October 14, 1964, King won the Nobel Peace Prize for combating racial inequality through nonviolent resistance. In 1965, he helped organize the Selma to Montgomery marches. The following year, he and the SCLC took the movement north to Chicago to work on segregated housing. In his final years, he expanded his focus to include opposition towards the Vietnam War. He alienated many of his liberal allies with a 1967 speech titled Beyond Vietnam. J. Edgar Hoover considered him a radical and made him an object of the FBI's counterintelligence program from 1963 on. FBI agents investigated him for possible communist ties, extramarital affairs, and reported on him to government officials. And on one occasion, mailed King a threatening anonymous letter, which he interpreted as an attempt to make him commit suicide. In 1968, King was planning a national occupation of Washington, D.C. to be called the Poor People's Campaign when he was assassinated on April 4th in Memphis, Tennessee. His death was followed by riots in many U.S. cities. Allegations that James Earl Ray, the man convicted of killing King, had been framed or acted in concert with government agents persisted for decades after the shooting. Ray served 29 years of a 99-year sentence and died from hepatitis in 1998 while in prison. King was posthumously awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom and Congressional Gold Medal. Martin Luther King Jr. Day was established as a holiday in numerous cities and states beginning in 1971, thanks largely to a campaign launched by musician Stevie Wonder. The holiday was enacted at the federal level by legislation signed by President Ronald Reagan in 1986. Hundreds of streets in the U.S. have been renamed in his honor, and a county in Washington was rededicated to him. The Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. was dedicated in 2011. Can we talk about the gentrification of Martin Luther King? Please. Ooh. Can we talk about Please. how the I Have a Dream speech became this kind of cornerstone of his philosophy? Can we talk about how it wasn't e he wasn't even planning on talking about the dream? Yeah. All right. He started that speech talking about how America wrote a check mm -hmm. to black people mm -hmm. through the whole liberal tradition. You know, the, you know, all all we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That's what he planned to say that day 
was America has not delivered on its promise. And then Mahalia Jackson from the crowd said, tell him about the dream, Martin. If you watch the video, you can tell he's he's reading. Mm. He's referring to his notes. Mm -hmm. And then he goes and riffs on the I have a dream, you know, which he had which he had actually been, you know, doing in several different cities. You know, like when he went to Detroit, mm -hmm. he said, I have a dream. And he would he would name these uh, these familiar places to people in whatever locale he was in. So he he'd been workshopping you know, the, the, the dream, the yeah. dream speech. You know, so he he had he kind of knew where he was going. I, I'm sorry. I just cut in on that. But I'm like, no, go for it. it's such an important thing for us to realize. And this partly why, like even the segment that I read about Dr. King, it said that he expanded his vision to talk about poverty in his later years. The March on Washington, the name of the action <laughs> is the March on Washington for freedom and jobs. Yes. He did not switch to talking about poverty later on. Yeah. He was always talking about economics Yo. as a part of the problem with white supremacy and racism. My two moments with King, and I had in my house probably like a lot of other houses like the a framed photo of when him and malcolm met mm -hmm. and them smiling shaking hands but the two moments that stick out for me was the one of him leaning over to the pulpit and he was like you know you you're asking you're asking the black man to pull themselves by up by their own mm -hmm. bootstraps and he goes it's particularly cruel to tell a bootless man mm -hmm. to pull himself up by his own bootstraps yes. so i'm like just the turn of phrase mm -hmm. just just to twist the as someone that bars yes yeah, as yeah, a professional bars. communicator i'm just yeah. like bars bro yeah. yeah the um the um well now there's three now I think about it so then that the the interview with alex haley of being like where i went wrong was thinking that my white southern christian brothers and sisters would be a part of our cause because our cause was just yeah little did i know you would be more of the problem mm. you know and i was like get god mm. cuts deep <laughs> but lastly is what you were talking about in the idea of like this what this man was always about when he brought up the homestead act like he's mm -hmm. talking about like hey listen when white peasantry was existing, you know what I'm saying, at the end of the war, and you know, y'all wanted us to y'all wanted people to come buy these farms and start farming these lands, they was handing out land grants to white families right. to come get lands. He was like, on top of that, he was like, on top of that, if you didn't know what you was doing, you didn't have none of the materials, cool. The the government was paying for you to get all the materials to farm this land. On top of that, if you didn't know what you was doing, the government was paying to train you right. on how to farm that land. Right. right? He was like, so these were all these are all government things. These are all government right. programs yeah, that he paid for these, right. you know, white families to lift themselves out of serfdom. This, right. Those are his words, to lift you out of serfdom. He was like, it's that same person has the nerve. That same person's grandchild has the nerve to look at us and say, "Why are you looking for government handouts?" Right. right, exactly. He was like, "So it's the same thing." He was so yeah. it's it. This was the speech before they got to Washington, right? When he goes, "So we're gonna go to Washington and get our check," right, right, yeah, exactly. And that was the context of that march on Washington. Yes, mm -hmm. that's the context of the march. It's like yes. you've been handing out checks the whole time. Right. Give us our check. Yeah, where's our check? Pay what you owe. Yeah. Yeah. So he's espousing, right? I guess Mahalia Jackson's pushing him to say, hey, give us a moral imagination here, right? Like, what's the dream? He shares the dream. And this is kind of one of my favorite Martin Luther King moments. Several weeks later, <laughs> 
he quotes Jimmy Baldwin and basically says, what's the point of integrating in a burning house? Wow. Oh. That was just a few weeks later? I think it was just, it was a few weeks before his death. Okay, so a few Sorry. years later. Oh, a few yeah, years yeah. later, but yes, a f not too long afterwards. Well, yeah, that's the thing that people it. don't realize about, um, there's a 1967 interview with NBC where King says, I've come to, I've come to think that some of the optimism that I had before was a little superficial. And I'm afraid that my dream has become a nightmare. Mm. is what he says yeah i believe this you know? is the same interview yeah. yeah and they don't realize or so okay dr king says in the i have a dream speech you know i have a dream that little black boys and little white girls down mm -hmm. in alabama will join hands as sisters and brothers right yeah. and that's the only part of or yeah, hear, yeah. that's the only part that people remember yeah, i have yeah, a dream yeah. that my four little children will be judged by the by the uh, not the by the color of their skin but by the, the content, content of, of their, their character, character. Yeah. that's what that's the parts that everybody know but they don't they don't realize that even the unity that dr king was talking about there was for a purpose mm -hmm. you know and so he says with this faith i go back to the south so that we can go to jail together yeah. <laughs> right but wow. he's talking about unity to confront white supremacy and to get in trouble for it. He's inviting white people to be brutalized alongside of black people, to be incarcerated alongside of black people in their pursuit of the end of white supremacy. Right. And they just parse him away from all that he was saying. Yeah, he's calling all allies in that portion. Yeah. But, you know, we have created this very diet <laughs> version of MLK and that is something that really, really infuriates me because when we talk about, you know, how clever he was, how how right. agile in his speech he was, mm -hmm. how adept he was at like making it plain yeah. mm -hmm. and calling a thing a thing. Um, he was so gifted. Um, and I think that's a part of why he's so ubiquitous, a part of yeah. why he, you know, is such a part of pop culture is because yeah. he was so accessible yeah. um, and and just had these really, really great lessons, but we want to remix yeah. what he had to say to fit our agenda. And when I talk about our, I'm not necessarily talking mm. about me because he talked about justice, right. you know, being not merely the absence of conflict, but the, but the presence, not peace, <laughs> justice, yeah. Yeah. peace. Peace not being the absence of conflict, mm -hmm. but the presence of justice. Yeah. Right. Thank you for that. And so people want to forget that part. We want to talk about peace. We want right. to talk about coming together, but we won't, don't want to talk about what it takes to get to that right. point. Right. No. They talk like Dr. King died so that we could sit next to white people. <laughs> it's like that's that not that's no. not what they were that's not what they were fighting for. He he when he talked about the Watts riots, mm -hmm. the clip I'm talking about yes. when he said. They were like, how do you feel about this considering your nonviolent approach? He was mm -hmm. like, I'm dedicated to the nonviolent approach. He goes, but you can't talk about the violence of, you know, the looting in the in the in the riots without talking about the ingredients, the context right. that pushed these people to you said so he said, I don't condone it, but I understand it. Right. right. And he was like, You were sitting on a powder keg. He was like, right. Watts was a powder keg this whole time and it's I'm putting words in his mouth, but he's like, but y'all did that. Like yeah. you made this powder yeah. cake, you know? Um, so like I said, back to his like, his accessibility and the way that, you know, he's been so co-opted as like, well, he was this man of nonviolence, but he said very clear, but I understand violence. Right. I'm choosing not to, right. but don't think I don't get it. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Um, People yeah. also don't understand nonviolence, though. Yeah. They they think nonviolent action is inaction. Right. Like when they talk about nonviolence, they think you're supposed to be inoffensive and basically like just sit down and talk to people and let races have, you know, yeah. let races express their racism and you be understanding and stuff like that. <laughs> but they don't they don't understand that when Dr. King was talking about nonviolence. OK, he uses tons of militant language, yeah. you know, yeah. and he talks about a nonviolent army. You know, to basically do what we talked about with Rosa in the bus boycott with Rosa Parks, he's using the same logic saying we are going to actively disrupt the economy, (laughs) which was which was his plan for the poor people's campaign. Right. Was try to get trying to get millions of poor people to come to Washington and occupy the mall until there was substantial economic reform, you know, and that was his vision of nonviolence was, you know, we're going to remove these pillars of power Mm. from these systems so that they're not able to operate in the way that they do. I think at the same time, as Martin Luther King, you had this other prominent minister named Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. And, you know, initially Billy Graham seemed to welcome Martin Luther King by having him come pray at one of his rallies. Mm-hmm. But the moment that Martin Luther King started doing what you're saying, the moment he started doing civil disobedience, mm-hmm. Billy Graham began to publicly criticize and rebuke the civil rights movement and yeah. pretty much told white Christians not to get involved. Yeah. And he criticized them mainly because he was wanted to focus on their souls, save, mm-hmm. bringing Jesus to save their souls. Yeah. But he fundamentally rejected any type of social reform mm-hmm. and and also any appeals to the government like he even made statements you know saying like thank god a new generation doesn't want slogans like the new deal or none of that stuff and people rejecting the government helping us make better lives for ourselves mm-hmm. for some like jesus is coming back and just give your heart to him so here you have martin luther king as a as a martyr basically yeah. for his cause to to bring the kingdom of god here on earth now yeah. and you had billy graham telling people that Jesus was going to come back and we were going to be ushered into yeah. a you know a white christian heaven yeah. or a, a sweet by and by and and just the juxtaposition in this cultural time in the 1960s to see the rise of how many millions of people were impacted so to speak yeah. by a billy graham supposedly giving them some you know ticket to heaven by saying a prayer mm-hmm. and yet a martin luther king paid for his life to actually yeah. bring about the kingdom of god here on earth now by shaking up these systems yeah it's you can't another part of the scrubbing i think you know and of course i'm biased about it but like like don't remove his christian like he was a pastor right like he is a these are christian thoughts you know what i'm saying like do not remove that from him just the idea of the beloved city and just like yes like you're he's pulling from scripture he's doing so like you understand what i'm saying like yeah yeah so like don't don't take don't take that from him. Like he's a ba- and and it's like and I, our our friends like Akimini and at the like this yeah. truth table and them they have always asserted that like the black church, the black Christian experience has been the moral rudder for the entirety of the American church. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have continued to be mm-hmm. you at know the forefront the forefront of all the movements. Yes. And as like, and it's been our, it's been the the conscious, you know what I'm saying? It's continual, it continues to be the conscious. And that moment that you're describing is yet another example how the 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 black Christian experience through our suffering, you know what I'm saying? 
like prove to be the true moral voice and the and a reflection of like you said heaven on earth what what the idea of the kingdom that Jesus talked about you know right. what i'm saying was like this is what i'm trying to do this is how it plays out you know what i'm saying this is this is what it is like yeah yeah i mean he's quoting scripture yeah <laughs> you know like yeah in this i have a dream speech uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff and yeah. when you said that it reminded me I, I was invited to caltech i think it was last year the year before to speak um in honor of mlk on mm-hmm. mlk weekend and apparently the students looked me up and was like oh he's a christian like he's he does ministry and stuff like mm-hmm. that and they didn't want me to come mm-hmm. and the folks who were organizing had to re- had to remind them of that very thing they're yeah. like dr king was a pastor yeah. <laughs> you know like you well, we're celebrating a part? christian you yeah. know what i'm saying like <laughs> you know yeah. but wow. that's he's doing public theology mm-hmm. yeah that's you know what it is. that's exactly yeah. what he's doing yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so my daughter this morning asked about dr king um and what did he do? She's six. And the first thing I said was, well, he was an activist and he was against war. Mm-hmm. And he believed that people should not live in poverty. And then he believed that, you know, black and white people should not be separated. That came third. That's good. Um, because that's the Dr. King that I want her to understand mm-hmm. that this was first a person that was very, very radical. And yes. that was a part of, you know, what the pushback against him ended up being mm-hmm. later, not only his commentary on poverty and his and his war against it, but the fact that he was decidedly anti-war. Mm-hmm. And that was a major problem because once you start talking about our bread and butter, because the United States, we manufacture war. That's all we make. We make war, we make prisons, and we make entertainment. That's it. We don't mm-hmm. make anything else. So he was about to really, really mess up our economy, and we yeah. couldn't have that. He was unmasking the the empire, the American imperialist empire that mm-hmm. yeah. that was becoming the very thing it claimed to want to be free from, right. which was the tyranny of others. Yeah. And, and I personally think that's what killed him. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah. Also, it killed him in, on the inside too. I mean, the the level of despair. Yeah, and wrestling in the last few years of his life that and that's the thing people do not talk about is his friends saying they could hear him crying in his Mm -hmm. hotel room saying i don't want to do this anymore yeah i want to go back to my little church you know yeah even his like you know indiscretions with like you know which were i mean they happened you know what i'm saying um at i am reminded that like Histories made by humans, you know yes. what I'm saying, and that like how like how does one cope? Like we all got coping mechanisms. I'm not right. explaining away is like mistakes, but like we all cope. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And this man was not impervious. Like let's right. let's keep him human. Right, you know what I'm yeah. saying. And like and had his moral failures, had his weaknesses, and I'm like, yeah, if you have the weight of the entire yeah <laughs> in, yeah the you entire know you world are in the crosshairs. Yes, yeah, the entire imp- imperialistic empire of the the american like experiment you know what i'm saying like yeah it, Sh- he cracked he cracked you and know, you what, know what like Sh- personally yeah shout out to coretta scott king for yeah. holding it down holding it down even yeah. even though i mean there's you know in a lot of the documentaries about him they show i mean she was not necessarily his first choice yeah but they really did love and work together mm-hmm. and and then what she did later after he passed and yeah, the way that right. she advocated for him and to not erase him from public memory yeah yes um and advocated with stevie wonder for the martin yeah. luther king day and and the the the, the 
talks that she gave to Congress. Yeah. I mean, they were even when, you know, Liz Warren had that nevertheless she persisted moment, right? Yeah. And and when they were trying to nominate Jeff Sessions to become the attorney general, they yeah. were like, don't forget Coretta Scott King's words about Jeff Sessions. Yeah. Right? It's yes. funny because they weren't quoting Dr. King. They were yeah. quoting Coretta yeah. and saying, look at what he she was saying about this man in particular yeah. and and his racism. Um and so to know that he was even in the middle of that being supported you know, which uh, black women just always do, even when they don't, they show yeah. up, even when we don't always like treat them great. A, a better, a better vision, a, like better, a, a greater right. vision Queen than us. Queen mother. Queen yeah. mother. And she showed up after in a way. And and even the, that infamous picture where she shows up um, even for uh, Jackie Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. that, like mm -hmm. she knows what it feels like to, to, to be the wife of a martyr. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's, his legacy is why so many of us are able to speak the way we speak, yeah. do what we do, create the art that we want to create. Yeah. Because a Christian minister from Georgia mm. <laughs> yeah. decided to be faithful to the call on his life. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Black History is American History.